Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to this uh, Maundy Thursday uh, time together as we journey our way through Passion Week. We had um, Palm Sunday last Sunday, as you know, uh, the triumphal entry, a celebration, uh, people singing Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, he who comes in the name of the Lord, and a huge celebration, and now we're moving uh, towards a time this evening of desperation and of anguish as we follow this Easter theme through. We've had Palm Sunday, we have Maundy Thursday. It comes from the Latin word mandatum, uh, which, is, uh, which is a command, uh, a mandate, and uh, it's supposed to reflect what Jesus said in John 13, this command, I give you love one another. They say you know that uh, we're his disciples. And then, of course, tomorrow, Good Friday, where uh, really the, it would have been desperate for those early disciples. And, of course, we know um, how things ended up. So uh, we probably can't enter in that desperation that they had, uh, probably remembering a bit about what went on tonight, how they were caught sleeping, uh, didn't seem to comprehend the desperation. Then, of course, we have Easter Sunday, and that's the celebration. And, um, you know, without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. Uh, the resurrection, the evidence is overwhelming. And it's because of that we know that our sins are forgiven. It was dealt with on on Good Friday, and we know that we don't have to have any uh, real fear of our eternal destiny because of Easter Sunday for those of us that know Christ. So we've got lots to give thanks for in that, but let's try and enter tonight as we keep this Easter theme and the passion of Easter Passion Week. Uh, tonight is a passion, it's anguish, and it's a quiet desperation, certainly on the part of Jesus. Uh, we don't often think about that. We might think he's got all the answers and, you know, things, um, he kind of knew what was happening, so that was okay. But actually, we're told uh, he was in real desperation, sorrow. Sorrow to the point of death. We overlook those words sometimes. It was so immense. It was like to the point of death. It's incredible. So we'll look at that uh, tonight. But let me pray for us, and then I'll get us to stand, and then I'll read from 1 John 1 out of the message. And then we'll sing two songs. We're doors to manual on the words. We have no VDS, so uh, if you haven't got a book, uh, get one. Um, Our first uh, song will be 120, From Heaven You Came. 120, From Heaven You Came. So you can be prepared as we uh, get ready to to engage in the sun part of the worship time together. So Lord, we thank you uh, for the chance this evening to remember what happened in Gethsemane in the the supper that you uh, instigated that we follow now thousands of years later. Lord, it's hard for us to enter in the anguish and the torment that you must have been going through. But we thank you that we have this account and we thank you that we can remember. We can meet around your table because you've invited us. We thank you we can take the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of sins and also being part of the new covenant because of what you've done. Well, it's Maundy Thursday, Lord. Help us to remember that commandment, to love one another, to love you, love our neighbour. So we ask for your presence and power and the, almost the heaviness of your Holy Spirit to rest upon us as we worship you, as we hear from your word. Help us to grasp a fresh experience of what this evening meant. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, let's stand together, get ready to sing uh, 120, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. Uh, But I'll read uh, from the message. Uh, When I say let's stand together, what I mean, (laughs) let's stand together. (laughs) 
and then we can go straight into the worship. This is from um, 1 John. This is all of chapter 1 from the message. From the very first day, we were there taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in the most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. This, in essence, is the message we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light, pure light. There is not a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we experience a shared life with him and continue to stumble around in the dark, we're obviously lying through our teeth. We're not living what we claim. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another as the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's Son, purges all our sin. If we claim that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. If we claim that we've never sinned, we're out and out contradict God. Make a liar out of him. A claim like that only shows off our ignorance of God. See, God knows uh, that he has to pay for our sin because we are sinful, uh, but we've been set free. And we can uh, sing this next song, From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. God himself, uh, from heaven, came down to earth to come like us, to identify with us in all his humanness, but then he was God and he didn't identify with us because he didn't sin. He can't identify with our sin, but he took it on himself. And we can remember that at the beginning, Palm Sunday of the entry in Gethsemane uh, tonight, that is all powerful. So let's sing this. 120, from heaven you came, helpless babe.
continue with 780, 780, how deep the Father's love for us. Thank you, Lord, for that truth. As we look uh, to tomorrow of the cross and we realise this evening the anguish of Gethsemane and you did that for us. We're so very grateful. God himself coming, becoming like us. As we sing this next song, Lord, I pray that, again, that you lay that reality on our hearts and that we get a fresh understanding of just what it took. You laid aside your majesty and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's sing that. 633, 633, you laid aside your majesty. sit down. Jesus had spent time teaching his disciples. They've been with him. Uh, They know all about him. They know the miracles he performed. They know who he claimed to be. They believed it. And uh, uh, Matthew 26 says this. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples... As you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. There's their first clue. He's been quite bold there, isn't he? The Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. (coughs) We're not told of their reaction at that point, but he's told them. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Cephas, and they plotted to arrest Jesus in some way, sly way, and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar, very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Another clue. 
I'll tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done would also be told in memory of her. And so it is, we're preaching it tonight, or talking about it tonight. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I'll tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, yes, it is you. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples. Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And of course we know that Paul, uh, the apostle, recounts that in, uh, in 1 Corinthians and other, some other of the Gospels recount it as well. And so we've got the truth, the words of Jesus. This is my body. It's given for us. Um, that sacrifice that we remember tomorrow uh, had to happen. And we'll look at that in a minute and the anguish that Jesus had to go through knowing. He's given his disciples clues. When he's uh, anointed with the perfume, he's saying, ready for my burial. He says he's going to go and be crucified. Shouldn't really have been too much of a surprise for those followers, yet they were despondent. They were despondent on Good Friday. So before I break the bread and, uh, and before we drink the wine, let's just spend a few moments as we recognise that sacrifice and bring our own things before the Lord of what we need to. And uh, then I'll, I'll pray over the elements and give thanks for them. Just spend a few moments uh, bringing those things that you need to before the Lord. Your word says, Lord, if we deny that we're sinful, that we have no sin, uh, we're just, we're fooling ourselves and trying to fool you. And so we recognise that we do have uh, sin in our lives, but we also recognise, Lord, that's why you came. And that's why we celebrate this meal. We, re- we read about how this was instigated, that you were reclining with your followers and you asked them to do this and to remember what had gone on. So we give you thanks for the bread and the wine representing your body and blood. You gave up your body freely for us. And the wine we drink is the new covenant we've set free from the penalty of sin, free to serve you, free to worship you. And we thank you, Lord, that you're in our lives by the presence of your Holy Spirit and that you send us into the world to tell others. So thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So that account tells us, didn't he, that 
very night he was betrayed, he took the bread, broke it, said, this is my body, given for you. So when you take the bread, you can say your own prayer of thanks. And eat it when you're ready. The wine will retain at the end. What these cups represent is that we're part of this new covenant. Um, there's no, now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Uh, we recognise, as, as we're told in the Bible, there's a war going on within us. There's still a sinful nature and that it's a constant battle and we know that and we know um, we haven't defeated that but Christ has and he's, pay, he's paid for it. Um, and of course uh, the Spirit does that sanctifying work in us to help us become more like him. But we can drink this with confidence if we put our trust in Christ. When it's repent, turn to God, believe in what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, he cried, it is finished. And he's paid for our sin, all of it. All of it. And he knows everything that's gone in your life and he's paid for it. He doesn't want you to continue in it. and He wants to change you because it's good for you, but he's paid for it. Uh, we're not perfect yet. Uh, we will be one day and it's not yet. Otherwise we didn't need him. We don't need the cross and that's why the Bible says to deny we have sin is silly, it's folly. Uh, of course we're sinful. Um, but Jesus has paid for it. That's how much God loves us. The, the events that we've described, his entry into Jerusalem, the, the, the anguish tonight later of Gethsemane, the passion of the cross on Good Friday and the celebration on Easter Sunday is all for you. Uh, he did that for you. And that's amazing. So we can drink this with gratitude, uh, knowing uh, that your sin, my sin, is paid for. So hold on to the cups. Um, that command to love one another is part of what we do. We drink together as a fellowship, as brothers and sisters in Christ. So uh, hold on to these um, when you get them. We we'll drink together at the end. You know, in a world that uh, seems um, bent on condemning people, um, putting people down, isn't it wonderful that we're not condemned and there's one who's for us and not against us? who died for us, who laid his life down for us, is amazing. So we can give him thanks. So as we continue this journey, so we've, we've listened tonight to uh, Jesus uh, at this supper that he'd had, and he knew what was coming. Uh, the story continues, so I'm just reading from, or following on really from the, uh, from the uh, passage. This is from uh, Matthew Uh, 26 from verse 31. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I'll tell you the truth, Jesus answered, This very night before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, make this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So after the celebration and passion of Palm Sunday, uh, now we have this passion or the anguish of Gethsemane. And we know the story leading up to this. He's been anointed with expensive perfume. He's told them, for my burial. Uh, So they must have known what was coming. Uh, Judas betrays him. He instigates the Lord's Supper, which we've celebrated tonight. He predicts Peter's denial. So he knows what's coming. No wonder he's in anguish. And he goes to Gethsemane. In verse 36 tells us he goes there to pray. He's praying among the hardship, isn't he? He's got this anguish. He, He knows what's coming. He said, I'll need to pray now. I need to go to the Father and pray. In verse 37 tells us he's becoming distressed. He says, sorrowful and troubled. In verse 38, his soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And I said at the beginning, sometimes we can overlook that, can't we? His soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He was, he was on the edge. I mean, he must have grasped exactly what's going to happen, the enormity of what he's about to go through. He's right on the edge. His soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's nearly there. And the reason for that is because he's, a, he's about to take, horrifically, the sins of the world on himself. I mean, he takes mine and he takes yours, but the world's. I mean, can you imagine, you know, do you, if you're like me and you're aware of sin in your own life, it, it weighs you down. Then you feel guilt, because the enemy loves to accuse us. He's the accuser. He's good at it. Tells us lies that surely God won't forgive me or love me or anything else. And your sin weighs you down. And you've got you've to come and ask for forgiveness and be reconciled to God. And there's a lifting. That's just me. Now let's take all of your stuff as well and then take the world's stuff and then put it on one person. No wonder he's right on the edge. The enormity of it is incredible. And of course, when he realises it's the human side, because he's fully God and fully human, this is, this is one of the doctrines of Christ. Uh, it's a high Christology. He's, 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 he's God and he's human. He has to be human to identify with us, to take our sin. But he has to be God because he's the only one who never sinned. But the human side now shows itself kind of probably would be our reaction. Verse 39, he falls with his face to the ground. Yeah, it's all too much. And prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Isn't that our prayer sometimes with nothing like the heaviness of what uh, he's taken? You know, life can get to us and with its worries and concerns or ill health. And, you know, the world is not perfect at the moment. And we'll say, Lord, take this away from me. 
I don't, I don't want us, no one wants to suffer. And then verse 39, yet not as I will, but as you will. He's now embracing his destiny, he's embracing the suffering. Verse 42, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And really, he's the only one. He's the only one who can take it, isn't he? Can you imagine being one of his followers with him? You know, as I said, you've seen the miracles, you've had all the teaching, you've walked around with him for the best part of three years. It's been pretty good being with him. He's kind of the in man. I mean, not everyone liked him, but he was, he was special. He was somebody that, um, if you grasped his message, you wanted to be with. You wasn't ashamed to be with him. And here he is, his moment of need, and he's in real anguish, and he needs them. And their reaction is to sleep. I mean, I'd like to think I wouldn't have done that. You know, I'd like to think, oh no, this is, this is bad. He's, he's, he's really stressed out to the point of death. And he's told me that there's that woman anointed him with oil, and I had a bit of a moan about that, but he said, no, that's, that's going to be for my burial. He's told me he's going to be crucified. He's just set up this meal. And now he's really in anguish. He's about to, well, he wouldn't have understood it, but he's about to take on the sins of the world, but his soul is overwhelmed to, sorry, to the point of death. He looks like he's on the edge. What should I do? I'll get 40 winks. I'd like to think I wouldn't have done that. They didn't just do it once, they did it a few times. Surely they didn't grasp how important the time was. Just weren't listening, maybe, I don't know. Surely we would have, but would we have? And then finally, he's betrayed, verse 45 and 46, and they're still sleeping. He says, here comes the betrayer. And so what I want us to think about, and what you to think about, me to think about, as we move into Good Friday, as we come to the cross, there was this time, this happened, this was an event in history. What we've celebrated tonight was because of this. It was a massive sacrifice. And I, I don't want Christ, I'm sure you don't either, to find me sleeping. To not discern what's going on around me. To not see the, the, the evilness of the enemy who we hate. To not, to not understand what's going on in the world and that Jesus will come back. He will come back. He will make all things new. We don't know when that is. People, some people tell you that, but you know, if you read Revelation carefully, even Jesus doesn't know when that is. It's the Father that appoints that time. So anyone who claims that knows more than Jesus, or they think they do. But we should know the, the, the times that we live in. And the times that we live in now uh, is a world, uh, certainly in the West, that is gradually turning its back on God. Ministers eroding the word of God. So church is foul because God won't honour that. I don't want him to find me sleeping and you don't want him to find you sleeping and we need to grasp the importance of the time we're in. People will try and undermine this world and it's of the enemy. And Christ, some Christians believe it. You know, we can do without that part or this part or whatever. This is the word of God. Don't find me sleeping. I don't want to be one of the betrayers. 
I want to be one of the faithful people. And I know I let him down a lot, but I know I do a lot good as well, as I'm sure you do. But I don't want to be one of the ones who betray him. I don't want to be the one that, that and it, you know, poor Peter gets the bad press, doesn't he? And said, but it says in that passage, the others said the same. But it's Peter that we remember. I don't want to be the one who says, oh yeah, no, I'm with you in the good times and I, I will be with you in the bad times and I will acknowledge you even when my life's not going maybe as I think it should. But then when it really comes to it, say, well, where's God? I'll walk away. I've got to grasp the importance of the time we're in. So have you. We don't want to be the betrayers. So true followers of Jesus. Disciples, they called them. People who learn. That's what it literally means. People who are being taught. People who learn. True faith. True commitment. And we can share in his passion over this Easter time. But sometimes we need to share in his anguish. Because life's not always great. There are moments of hardship. And did you see what he did in his moment of hardship? Which he always teaches us to do. He went to prayer. He prayed. He's in anguish and he prayed. He's still in anguish, he prayed. Watch with me while I pray. They fell asleep, he prayed. And isn't it those times when we're in the most anguish that we cry out to God more? True commitment, true faith, true discipleship. God's will being paramount. He actually said, can you imagine that? Jesus himself, look, is there any, can you take this away from me? He's realising what's coming. The anger, I don't know, we don't know whether it's just, he must have known, but this, this Gethsemane moment, is it actually the reality? Oh, it's, oh, this is it now, it's going to happen. This is unbelievable. Look, do I really have to do this? Can you take this away from me? But if I am the only one, then let your will be done. And so tomorrow, when we sing, love so amazing, so divine, it demands my soul, my life, my all. Everything. 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 It's all his. It's all his. And all the glory is his. All the sacrifice is his. He's done it. He was mocked on the cross, wasn't he? They put the sign on Jesus, King of the Jews. So he said to him, if you're a king, they put that on him and the crown, thorns. They ridiculed him. Of course, they thought they'd beaten him, but they hadn't. That's why we have Easter Sunday. That's why the body's never been found. Amazing. He demands your soul, your life, your all. I'll pray for us and then we'll sing our final song, 1661, You Chose the Cross. You Chose the Cross, 1661, but let me pray for us first. Lord, that account in Gethsemane, we can only begin to understand the anguish you are in. That you took my sin is amazing to me. That you took the sin of the world is just, we just can't grasp And no wonder you was in anguish, yet you said, not my will be done, but yours. And for that we give you thanks. We bless you. We love you. We've sung songs where we say we want to serve you, yet there are times when we know we haven't. But we thank you, Lord, that you never give up on us, 
and that you send us into the world and we'll come again here tomorrow reliving that moment in history when things really did change the earth turning on its axis the curtain torn in two the devil defeated we thank you Lord that we're called, called up in part of that story as we carry on being your Christian witness now and we pray for the Easter pick and mix on Saturday ahead of, where, uh, ahead of that where those various stories are told in a different form but amongst all that sort of stories that they've, they've been written, we pray, Lord, that there'll be real questions asked for those that are about, ready to receive those people. We pray for our services, both tomorrow and Sunday, the Easter Sunday celebration and the baptismal service. We thank you for new life. You're always reaching out. And Lord, as has been prayed already, we pray that will be a celebration. And we know it will be a celebration for us here, but we also know it's a celebration in heaven. And we pray for others to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.